Good Morning Doctor on 1FM 91.3 is brought to you by Parkway East Hospital. Feels like home. Ladies and gentlemen, the biggest names in music. Oh, wow. Here we go. The Big Show. Starring Glenn, Angel, FD, and Sean on 1FM 91.3. Good morning, Singapore, and welcome to The Big Show and The Big Show TV. It's a nice, cool morning today. And uh, we have on the show a cool doctor, Dr. Elvin Ng, respiratory physician and intensivist from Parkway East Hospital. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, Glenn. Uh, Doctor, this morning we're going to be talking about the myths about uh, allergies and asthma. But just before we get into this, intensivist, it is a term we don't hear very often. Oh, okay. So uh, intensivist means uh, I do intensive care medicine. So my primary specialty is uh, respiratory medicine, which is an organ-specific condition, right? So specialty. Whereas uh, intensive care medicine, I'm actually a specialist uh, by a side of care. So you have an A&E specialist who's a specialist at the A&E. Right. And if the patient turns very, very sick, they go to the intensive care unit. That's where I'm the specialist. There. Ah. So I can manage all like a... I, I tend to describe to people that I'm like the GP of the very sick. Okay. So I see many conditions. I uh, can manage heart problems, liver problems, right. kidney problems. So I'm just like a GP of the very sick, but everything get, uh, it's good to have one doctor to look, over, look after the whole system so you can, you know, Connect all the dots and manage the patient. Mm. Okay. That's awesome. That's yeah. very awesome. I did, I, I'd never yeah. heard the term before today. Yeah, yeah because a, yeah. when I saw a uh, respiratory physician, I was about to call you a lung doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is asthma? How do we get it? Well, asthma is a, a combination of two factors. One is genetic, so you can get it by uh, associated by inheritance because mm. your genetic factors are there. But also it's affected by environment. So let's say you have an environment, you have triggers, and that's when you will find that asthma uh, might manifest. So you may have a very mild asthma that you may not ever trigger if the environment is not uh, sort of triggering your asthma. Mm. But if a, a trigger comes, uh, that's when it becomes obvious. Okay, you said it, it, it's genetic. So uh, this is very interesting for me because I've been told I have asthma. I, I have a pump. I haven't used it in a long time because I use a breathing system that seems to help me. Um, but... My neither of my parents had asthma. My brother had asthma, and I have asthma. My sister doesn't. Right, right. So there's a, I think uh, what I call in um, not not definitely hundred percent penetrance. Mm. There will be some partial penetrance. So some may get it more severe. Some mm. may not get it. Uh, but your parents may have, but they may not be aware that they have. So the mild ones are the ones that escape and not being picked up by doctors. So, for example, if they're not wheezing or breathless, those that picked up when they are kids, those are obvious. But some of them are very mild. They may think that, oh, as a kid, I'm, I'm not uh, as fit as my friends are, mm. you know. Uh, but later on in life, as they gradually go through life with different triggers or the lung function start to, start to worsen, uh, that's when it manifests. And a lot of times, adults, when they present with asthma, they don't wheeze. Right. So they may be coughing a lot. They think that they're having a... It's often triggered by like a viral infection. So like COVID, like influenza, you can trigger it off. But the cough persists for a long time. Mm. They may doctor hop and say, oh, um, I'm having this cough. It's still persisting. They give you antibiotics. But it doesn't go away because you're not targeting the correct um, condition. So it's not a bacterial infection. It's not a bacterial infection. So, so antibiotics will not work. Mm. So you need an inhaler yeah. you know, to treat the asthma, get the, get the inflammation down. So it's actually a steroid inhaler that's important mm. to get inflammation down. So when you have to get the right diagnosis, right, everything will flow. Your condition right. will go away. The cough will go away. You'll breathe better. But a lot of times they don't realize that they are not uh, breathing that well. So they think that it's like age or... I'm not as fit anymore, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this is normal, I can't run as fast anymore. But actually, yeah. maybe the asthma that's triggering. So, 
Um, right. That's why I see every day I've got patients coming to see me, especially nowadays with COVID. A lot mm. of them have uh, coughing. They think it's long COVID. Yeah. But actually it's asthma. So they come and see me, you do a lung function test and we pick it up and they, they live much happier. We'll wow. talk a little bit more about the lung function test on the Big yeah. Show TV. The time is 8.03. So this lung function test. Huh? That's right. So uh, what, what does it entail, this uh, oh, lung function actually test? Actually quite simple. Uh, there's a machine there. Uh-huh. You just blow as high as you can. Oh, okay. Because asthma affects the um, outflow more than the in. So that people tend to think they cannot breathe, but actually it's the obstruction that that you're unable to breathe out. So for example... Is that why they wheeze? Yeah, they wheeze. So they tend to wheeze more on uh, expiration. So for example, we have the room that we just... The door that just come in. Uh-huh. If the door is open wide, you're able to get all the air out of this room, right? All mm. out. So let's say we have 100 people in this room. All 100 get out. So all 100 will get out. So that's 100%. Right. But if the doors are narrow, like you open the doggy door, everybody got to crawl out. Right. Uh, then you maybe you got maybe 60 people leave and you got 40 trapped behind. Mm. And this 40 behind gives you... Um, a sense of breathlessness it gives some people get a bit of pressure so you get a bit of chest tightness or chest pain and then um, can you imagine if I ask you to breathe out uh, and breathe in and breathe out and breathe in I ask you to hold at 80% and then I ask you to take another breath you'll feel breathless right because there's air trapped yes, yes so that, that's what happens in some of the patients that's how they feel right oh. see the lungs so important see I, I never even realised that I thought it was because you couldn't you, you, you know it wasn't so much the getting out but the getting in yeah. but you can't get in because you're still full that's right that's right so that's what we see in, right. in yeah. you know so, I, I say it like that because you know I'm, I'm thinking about all my friends who are like smokers and stuff like that uh, you know what I mean and, and I mean on a, on a daily basis when they do it you know well you know it's, it's, it's okay but a lot of the time right they have like cough that's right. And then they're still smoking. Yes. That is where I feel very uncomfortable for them because I'm an ex-smoker myself. I quit about 13 years ago now. Well, that's great. That's you good know? news. You should do that. So, maintain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, but, but uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't smoke, not even socially. Anymore. Yeah, that's very good. You know, but, but I do feel it sometimes, like when, when my friends have already, like, difficulty because they're, they're having this bad cough that's and right. all that, and then they, right. they continue to smoke. So, the that, smokers, that right? That's terrible. They right? have two things. I mean, um, they could have asthma and the smoke itself triggers the asthma. So they're like allergic or rather the smoke is the trigger that triggers the asthma, irritates the airway. So actually they have underlying asthma, but the smoke makes it worse. Then there's another group that actually don't have asthma. About 30% of people who smoke actually develop lung problems. So it's what we call chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. We do expect to see that go up uh, over the years as mm. our population age. So the, the, the noxious agent is actually the smoking that triggers something like an asthma, but it's an irritation of the airway. Mm. You must, might also get an emphysema whereby it, it knocks down. So imagine if you have in our studio here, right? You have yep. all these different studios with different walls. You need the walls to exchange gas. Yes. But about 30% of people, this, this, the, the, the smoke actually destroys all these walls and you get this oh. big hallway and you've got not enough surface area because the walls are the surface area. Ah. So not enough to exchange gas. So the, they may not get it now, but 20 years later, when they develop this, they get breathless. They, and it can't, you can't get this back. Your lung function, if it's destroyed by smoking, you can't get it back. But asthma is different. Asthma, if we treat it early, it's actually reversible. Oh. It's reversible? Yeah, as in the lung function that's lost is reversible because the airways are constricted. And then okay. if you open them up and get the inflammation down, your lung function can be restored. But, but that's what the pump does, right? It, it basically reduces inflammation, opens the airways. Correct. But, but that's, the, that's, that's time-based because after a while, it's it, temporary. Oh, it's but temporary. Nowadays, we have very good medicines that can actually last even 24 hours. So it's just very simple. Just take the pump once a day. It's like an inhaler, open up, inhale once a day. And that's it. I tell my patients, put it to your, your toothbrush, use it before you brush your teeth, take it once a day, put it in your regime, and then just forget about it. 
So we have very good medicines nowadays. And the important part about this inhaler is that you talk about the pump, but what I worry is actually just using the blue pump, the salbutamol, or the ventolin. Ventolin, yeah. That doesn't treat the underlying inflammation because that doesn't have any inhaled corticosteroids. So what I you see. only do is you relax the muscle, but inflammation continues inside. Uh, is that why, why, why at, uh, a while ago I was also given Sembacot? That's right. So it's very important to have that. Sembacot has two medicines in it. Yeah. It has a steroid and it has a bronchodilator to open up. And right. It's a long-acting one. So right. that's very good. Um, if you don't use the steroid, what happens is that inside get more and more swollen. So even if you relax the muscles and the outside, it gets so constricted, no airflow. Mm. And it's uh. very sad because Singapore, we have a very high number of patients who end up being hospitalized for asthma, severe asthma. But a lot of them is not on the wrong inhalers. They're uh-huh. just on the subutal muscle. So you think you're feeling better, but the inflammation continues and continues. And one, they can't even breathe. I lost a few patients like that, you know. Oh, very yeah. young, young, wow. young patients. Oh, wow. you know, they, I mean, I never met them before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I met them at you know, death's door you know, when they come right. in so severe and I really pre- thought that it could be preventable if just they're on the right inhalers so the message should go out now and it's actually quite clear now with the, a lot of the national guidelines say that using salbutamol alone is unacceptable and that's wow. not the right way to go Oh, okay. Wow, that is interesting. Okay, if you're experiencing uh, breathing difficulties and all that and watching us right now, <laughs> you have to go and look for Dr. Alvin Ng, okay? He's at Parkway East Hospital, really. I think because it's so important. I mean, that's quite a sad story you just oh, told us. It, it is, it is. It's it very is. sad. Because the, the patient that passed on, his wife was pregnant, five months pregnant. She told oh. me that I keep telling him to see a doctor, see a doctor, but he didn't want to see. He just keep pumping. Oh. The, the ventolin. Then fast forward a few months later when I was in Parkway another patient that was severe, again, not my patient initially but my patient now, he was intubated on a life support. I was resting in the doctor's room so tired from looking after him because he's the ICU, right? Mm. Then this gynecologist came in and I said, hey, this patient has been, um, this is very sick patient in the, in the ICU, very, very sick, right? Or with asthma. She said, oh yeah, I know. I got a patient, asthma can kill. My patient's uh, husband died from asthma. Then we realize we're talking about the same patient. So so sad, right? She, her, the baby comes out, but now yeah. it's fatherless. You know, when oh, actually yeah. I really think that his asthma, you know, could be it's probably can be treated very well. I j- I just wonder how many people listening to us now realize that you can die from asthma. Oh, you can. Uh, I mean, if you listen to Chinese radio, right? The famous singer Deng Liujun, she, she died from asthma. That's right, Theresa yeah. Ting. Right. Yeah, but but that time the medicine wasn't so good. It lot, involves a lot of popping mm. oral pills. You got a lot of side effects from the steroids. So that's why steroids got a very bad name from that. But mm. actually now this technology is so good that steroids go straight into the lungs. So you get very little being absorbed to the body and don't have all these side effects. So ah. we, we, we talk a lot about breathlessness and breathlessness. What other signs and symptoms do we need to look out for? Well, it can just be a long-term coughing. Coughing for months. Your friends get who get uh, infection together with you, they recover, but your cough just persists for one month, two months, three mm. months. Oh, you know. like, like what we... I used to have it. We, we call it the 100-day hundred hundred cough. Day cough. That's so right. Some people call it the 100-day hundred hundred cough. cough. Actually, if you translate it, it's actually a Chinese term called viral cur, right? which is actually means pertussis in English. It's actually a pertussis. Pertussis is a, is a bacterial infection. So a lot of people think that it's actually a bacterial infection, but it's not. I mean, I mean, a subgroup of them is pertussis. That's called the whooping cough. They whoop at night. Right? Oh, right. Mm. Okay. Yeah? But the group of them will be actually be asthma. So need need to be tested. Okay, so anyone tested. with a persistent cough, it's highly recommended you get yourself treated. That's right. If not, it might get worse. That's right. Is there anything I can do at home 
if I think I may have asthma. You see, uh, this oh, is it. Now, everyone yeah. home, wants right? to do, yeah. you know, no, no, the, I, wants I, to I use mean, the home remedy. No, I'm not talking about a remedy. I'm talking about a test at home, like, you know, hold your breath for 20 minutes and not be out of breath okay, at the end Okay, you ask the doctor this yeah, on, do on the radio. Yeah. we got 20 seconds. I also have Stand a question by. about uh, breathing. Like, I hear a lot of people say they breathe through the diaphragm. Oh, Is okay. that like a thing? Oh, maybe we okay, yeah. That we can ask the doctor those two questions. Okay. Stand by, we're going live in three. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Singapore. We are on Good Morning Doctor Day, and uh, today we welcome Dr. Alvin Ng, respiratory physician and intensivist from Parkway East Hospital, to join us. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Grant, again. So we're talking, Doctor, about, the, about allergies and asthma, and we've talked about the symptoms. Someone listening to us at home thinks, wow, I'm listening to all this, maybe I have asthma. Is there anything they can do at home, not not in terms of a remedy, but in terms of a test to 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 find out whether you got asthma. Well, let me just say this: you definitely cannot diagnose asthma just looking at your full length mirror in your bathroom. <laughs> you hear that, Sean? You hear that? Yeah, yeah. No, don't been diagnose myself that way. And then looking at how they breathe. No, 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 no. Look at my chest expansions. Well, I'm, I'm impressed with that full length radio, you know, Sean. I, 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 full length mirror, mirror in mirror, his shower. Mirror, yeah, yeah, it's like, crazy. You don't have a full length mirror in your oh, shower, no, definitely right? Definitely no. Yeah, none of us can get one. <laughs> so, so there's nothing I can do at home. Well, to I mean. Um, a lot of people go away with two, a few misconceptions. Number one, they feel that you know uh, they must be wheezing. So I got a lot of patients who come to me, uh, middle age even. They say, "Doctor, I never have asthma. I don't have the wheeze. I don't have the breathlessness. You know, I don't. I just have this cough. But maybe that's because it's been a bit mild. You know, you, you have a mild and gradual deterioration. Mm. You think that this is normal, but this is not normal. Mm. In fact, I even had one marathoner who." Uh, who came in with this persistent cough and I said and I tested him and he was very obvious his lung function was at 50% and I gave him a bronchodilator to test and we do the lung function test he improved from 50 to 80% and I said you got asthma and then he said doctor I don't believe you I run marathon I run a full marathon I look at him I, I can't run a marathon I cannot run yeah. a marathon I run a half marathon I almost want to die you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but you have asthma uh, never mind, never mind I said don't think so hard you just take the medicine and make sure your cough go away first so his cough went away and the next time he saw me in the in the clinic and I asked him, how's your how's your um, endurance now? Can you even run further or faster? He said, yes, it's much better now. So he don't he don't uh, realize it. So a lot of times I joke with my patients, right? I said, wow, if we are treated this, you will be like Joseph schooling. You can win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, like, they may not know. They think that they are, they are a bit they are a bit weaker. They they think that they they are not so strong, but actually. They, they are performing below their expectations. Right. Oh. right. Which which brings us to uh, FD's next question about breathing. Yeah. Uh, breathing it, exercises. Yeah. Are there, are there, like, I, I, what helped me get off my pump, and I don't know whether it actually helped me get off my pump or it's all up in my brain, you know, right, placebo right, effect, right. is box breathing. Okay. It worked. And since I've been practicing box breathing when I wake up in the morning and when I go to sleep at night, I've been off my pump. Sure. I think it's a combination of two things. I think one is about using the medicine yeah. to decrease the inflammation and open up the airways. And at the same time, you can have uh, your muscle strength to help you with the breathing. So mm. that's what you'll be practicing. Yeah. But there are also some data to suggest nowadays that you can use uh, intermittent inhalers. If you have a very mild asthma yeah. and only take it when you have symptoms, but it's very important that it's not the blue inhaler. But something like uh, what you are using, you know, like semicot, right? So it's something like that, which is a combination of uh, uh, steroid as well as a, a relatively fast-acting uh, bronchodilator that opens up the airways. Mm. So you get the relief. Mm. And the best part about that, what you're doing, is that um, the doctor can't be with you all the time, right? Yeah. So when you need an extra puff, you take. 
Yeah. So it shows that it decreases exacerbation, better control, mm. some of these uh, techniques that we use. Yeah, because I'm very, I'm, I'm, I've always been afraid of continuously consuming steroids. It, that's it, right. It worries me. Yeah, so that's what we were discussing, that um, the old idea of steroids was that, you know, you have to pop a pill yeah. and that gives you absorb in your body system and very bad side effects. But what got asthma control out of the dark ages and treatment out of the dark ages is really that they're able to get this steroid to be directly delivered through your lungs with a very intelligent device like an inhaler. Mm. Go straight to the lungs. Very little get absorbed to the body. So it's, it's actually very safe. Okay. Mm. FD, okay. can you go to uh, Dr. Ng? I, I, I want to I want <laughs> do to go a lung do, function yeah, test. Yeah, I want yeah. to go do a lung function yeah, test. Yeah, come yes. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We should do it. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see. Okay, we'll continue to talk to the doctor on The Big Show TV. In the meantime, here's Sheena Easton. Telephone on 1FM 91.3. We played your song just now. Oh, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> you know what? It's inspired by Shalini, right? She's wearing <laughs> Nirvana. <laughs> and then she came over to tell us. We're like, okay, we're going to play you know, that I, song. I, I like when, uh, when, when I first listened to you all, when... Uh, it was you uh, with uh, Andre. Yeah. Yes. All the rock songs. Like this rocker station, I simply <laughs> love it. <laughs> but I think the direction went a bit different now. Yeah, 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 correct. Now, now we play a bit more retro. Not, yeah. not so rockish, but we still do play yeah, yeah, rock yeah, songs. It's part of our repertoire. Yes. Um, asthma. Can it? For me, I found that one of the major triggers for asthma was when we used to have the burning in Indonesia. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I yeah. could smell that the minute it started and I would have breathing problems. Correct. Um, but what else can trigger? Can, can things like allergies yes. trigger? So, um, asthma got multiple triggers, right? So, you have... Uh, can be commonly triggered by allergies and the typical allergies that, they are, that triggers asthma is actually dust mite allergy. So, you can't actually see the dust mite because they're microscopic. Mm. But, you know, things that they shed off, you're sensitive to it and you actually develop asthma. So, mm. Uh, that's one of the triggers. Uh, like what you mentioned, the haze, so mm. air pollution, quite typically, uh, triggers. And uh, not just not just the haze, but during the seven month, the ghost festival, when people the are burning, burning the yes. incense, mm-hmm. yeah. some of my patients also get triggered. Oh, and they come see. And, see. and then viral infection is very common. So um, like recently COVID, COVID, influenza, all this can trigger. But what I find very sensitive is allergies to pets. Okay. Ah. Very, very sensitive. So I approach the topic... Uh, a bit more careful in my patients because mm-hmm. there was once I told the, the mother of my patient right uh, your son got a dog allergy maybe you should consider taking away the dog right oh, no 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 the dog very important no no no, no. she still kind of sacrifices her <laughs> right, son right. <laughs> sacrifices her <laughs> son yeah. but and, you know it's, it's sensitive right? and even cat fur oh yeah, yes, well. cats. yeah there are yeah. so many people cat lovers who take antihistamines on a daily basis oh, just yeah. so that they can live with their cats yes yeah. I know yes. this for a fact yeah. Yeah. so you know? some of these patients subgroup will actually have asthma but they don't realize it. They 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 they, they think it's allergy running nose, but actually they got mm. asthma because it's very commonly linked. Right. Mm. My wife, Jean, um, she's a cat lover, but she can't keep cats because she's allergic to cats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she never right. really liked dogs until you know. I mean, yeah. she, you know, we got together, and. Uh, the funny thing is, she's allergic to cats, but she's not allergic to dogs. <laughs> so now she's a dog lover. Because of you. Uh, yes. <laughs> so we do have uh, like a skin prick test that we can do. Oh. So basically, it's like a very quick way to diagnose uh, common allergies. So it's just a prick. So you prick uh, uh, things that, can, um, that you're sensitive to. So dust mites, grass, cockroaches, um, dog, cats. You know? Oh, wow. So there's also one for food allergy. Now, asthma is more commonly associated with... Um, environmental triggers right. there will be a few that's uh, uh, associated with food allergies like I was mentioning my patient that uh, she was pregnant so she 
she was diagnosed with asthma. Actually, a lot of pregnant patients get diagnosed with asthma. But part of it, I, I believe, is that the, the, the baby shares certain genes with you, by certain genes mm. with your partner, and that makes it a little bit more triggering a bit of asthma, perhaps. Mm. Um, so when she was diagnosed with asthma during pregnancy, and after that, during the confinement period, she's not allowed to take peanuts, and then, you know, she was good. And after when the confinement period was over, she started taking peanuts, she felt a bit breathless, oh. and when she came back and test, we tested for her with the skin prick test and showed up peanut energy. True enough. That skin prick test, I've heard about it. How long does it take? Because you, there's so many different things you test for. Oh, so it's one shot. Um, oh, one prick. Well, it takes about maybe about 20 minutes in my clinic. So, so you do prick, it. it's, it's what, four or five pricks and you see which uh, one you react So it depends on the whole panel. So some, well, it's more than that. It's about maybe about, I would say about 15, maybe 15 oh. to, to 20 pricks. Okay. Depends on some, some do it two times, you know, with the food, both hands up there. Wow. <laughs> and they got all these pricks there. Then we see which one wheels up. A bit more like a bump, yeah. so that's why you're allergic to. It. So a very right. quick way of testing. So apart from peanuts, if we're yes. talking about food, yeah. yeah. What, what other food triggers have you uh, experienced? I okay. mean, uh, so, uh, with your patient. Well, it could be anything, you know, like egg yolk and everything. So egg yolk, could, even. Yeah. So oh, sorry, oh. egg white or eggs. You know? So yeah. we've got a lot of people we've got egg allergies. Now, but there's also some tr- not necessarily um, uh, food allergies, but you know, when pe- you hear what people say about asthma, is that if they take citrus fruit, something might trigger a little bit, or cold drinks. You drink yeah, cold yeah. drinks. Mm. Because the cold air goes in, it triggers off the asthma. So, um, so not not primarily allergy, but also food triggers. You can sometimes right, food right. triggers. Yeah. Wow. So allergies like uh, hives and stuff like that okay. can trigger as- asthma. Uh, so yes, I got some patients who come in with uh, more severe allergies, so like anaphylaxis, but where you get eye swelling, right? Or throat mm. might swell. Sometimes you see these patients; they actually carry an epipen with them. Yeah. Like, wow. a, like an auto injector, yeah, not the one in uh, was, was it, what was that show, The Rock, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something like that. But it's in, yeah, into the, that's into a bit the, exaggerated. <laughs> uh, that one, right? <laughs> yeah. So into the into the tie, yeah, it's because you may not have even have time for the ambulance to arrive because if you know your eye swell is fine, you may look like a goldfish, not too handsome, yeah. But if the airways swell, and you oh, can't breathe, you, yeah. you don't even have time. That's horrible. Yeah. So they those very severe allergies patient, they, they actually carry an auto-injector with them. So, if, because sometimes you may tell the the the, the, the restaurant that you, you have this severe peanut allergy. Mm. But like, for example, the, you may not know what they put in. Sometimes the essence may be there. You may not be aware. Or the, yeah. the poor kid on the airline that someone just opened a bag of exactly. peanuts and yeah. they just inhale. The dust, right? Yeah, correct. So, always carry the auto-injector around because the, the, the medical help may not be fast enough. Yeah. You see, uh, some people who have no allergies, they don't understand. Thank you for granted. I remember yeah. at that time, uh, we did a poll, you know, because we heard about that, that kid, yeah. you know, who didn't even consume the nuts, but based on, you know, just it being in the air. Yeah. And, and getting, you know, uh, um, you know, that kind of reaction. And we asked everyone, should we take away peanuts on board the plane? Everyone said, no, no, no. <laughs> we love our peanuts. We want our peanuts. Too bad that boy has peanut allergies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's still debatable, I guess. You know yeah. what I mean? But but poor thing, I really feel for, for people yeah. who have these uh, severe allergies from simple things, simple foods, you know. Correct. It's correct. horrible. 30 seconds. Okay, we go in there. Uh, when we come back, we need to deal with some questions that we've got on our Facebook page. We've got quite a few. Can. Okay. And also the breathing one. Yeah, your the one you your question. To ask, yeah. yeah, my question. Okay, okay. The diaphragm one. All right. What is your diaphragm? <laughs> <laughs> Three, two.
That's the late Michael Hutchins on vocals in excess needed tonight on The Big Show and The Big Show TV. Our guest for this morning is Dr. Elvin Ng, respiratory physician and intensivist from Parkway East Hospital. All right, uh, Sean, you had a question before we get to our Facebook page about the diaphragm. Yes, so I've been to like a couple of yoga classes and the yogi or the yoga instructor is always asking us to breathe uh, in many, many ways. And also, so some of the things they do is like, okay, take a deep breath in through your nose, hold that breath, let that breath come down through your spine, down through, you know, to the floor, that kind of thing, just to have that, I guess, mindful uh, breathing technique going on. But then I also realized that you can only breathe through your lungs. Yeah, right, you can't, so you can't, definitely can't breathe through your spine, that's for sure. Yeah, so, like, I don't understand sometimes when they say things like this and they sure. say breathe through your diaphragm. What is your diaphragm? Uh, uh, do you we... don't know what a diaphragm is. You're I mean, kidding I've, me. I've heard of it. I kinda... No, no, no. I think it's a very um, cultural thing, I think. When I grew up, my, my dad also told me use your diaphragm to breathe or you do your taekwondo, use the diaphragm. Mm. But actually, your diaphragm is your major breathing muscle. Mm. Major so basically, muscle. Uh, just below your chest, your diaphragm is at this shape. So it's dome shape. So to okay. breathe, what you do is you you actually pull your diaphragm down by the muscle. You contract. When it right. contracts, right? Because it's dome shape, contracts. It's actually you know it contracts, so it okay. becomes flattened. Right. And it's flattened. Your 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 lungs would expand. imagine a, a balloon will expand because it creates a negative pressure to draw your lungs to expand, and then you draw air in. So right. it's like one of those uh, secondary school uh, projects. If you have a baller and you put a you attach a, a balloon at the yes. bottom, and then you pull it and you see that the balloon expand because it creates a negative pressure in that in that suit space and the air would be drawn ah, in. Yeah. So see, singers and radio DJs who are trained, yeah. right? When you go to radio school, for example, you're you're taught to to talk through your diaphragm. Through your diaphragm. Yeah, but your, is that like an actual thing? Like your it diaphragm? is an actual thing. That's why your voice is gone, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? think it's a mindfulness thing. Like you're yeah. mindful that you're your, mindful. your muscle is But right. because you, you breathe regardless through your diaphragm. Yes, you do. Actually, that's your major organ. So, like, that, it that, doesn't like. There are other muscles that you use. So, like, your intercostal muscles, where, where it's in between your ribcage, where they contract your ribcage, expand. Yes. Mm. And then you also use your neck muscles to, to pull up that little bit. So, when I, how I see a patient when they're very breathless, I start noticing that, you know, there are muscles in the neck start breathing, you oh. contracting. Tremendously, that's one of the subtle signs that I used to detect when they are very, very sick. And sometimes I have to put them in a life support machine and everything, oh intervene early wow. rather than have them stop breathing, you know. But then maybe a bit late, you know. So you want to catch them early, put them on life support early. Uh, what we do for life support, like with the other question about ICU, we actually, ICU is actually an in intensive care unit. So a normal condition that may make a patient pass away, what you do is that you actually play cheat. You put them on life support, use the machine to take over the vital functions allowing the medicine time to work mm. ah. and quickly reverse it, remove the tubes and then they can go back to their normal, oh, wow. normal activity. So it's wow. a bit of a playing cheat, you know, where mm. actually they would have expired. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is intense. It's very intense. It's just like an intensive care exactly. medicine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's an intensivist. Yeah. Uh, a question we have on our Facebook page uh, that we need to deal with. It's from Prashant, very active on our Facebook page. He goes, good morning, doctor. Hormones involved in processes like periods and pregnancy, estrogen and progesterone, uh, can be asthma triggers. Why is this? Mm, not commonly, or, I would say. Yeah. Not commonly. But but one of the interesting thing about the what she mentioned about the periods, and everything. There was there's one condition called uh, endometriosis whereby they get mm. the of the um, 
lining of the of the womb itself outside the womb. Okay. And sometimes it get deposited in the lung in some patients. Oh. And what happens is that every month when the period comes, they might cough up blood. So that's one of the very interesting uh, side oh, story. Wow. But I mean, out of, out of this context of asthma. Yeah, so, yeah. so there are some things that are associated, yes. Uh, but I would say for asthma, not, not commonly. There are, the more common things that are associated with asthma really is stress. So if you might think that it might be associated with your periods, but if the, during the period, period you're having stress or there are other stresses at work, uh, yes, I got patients who have asthma when they have stress. So stress is a trigger. Is this why someone who's having a panic attack always Can't finds breathe. it hard to breathe? Okay, so the panic attack thing um, is quite interesting again. Uh, in medical school, we always thought that, you know, panic attack is psychological, right? You over-breathe. Mm. In our body, we'll never truly over-breathe because if you're breathless, you only breathe up to a point. You won't be over-breathing. But when you over-breathe, what you do is you clear your carbon dioxide, okay? Your blood's uh, pH changes and the calcium will shift. And what will happen, interestingly, if you hear people who, have, who over-breathe, they have numbing of the mouth at first, then they get tingling in the fingers, and they start having these contractures in their, their, their arms and fingers, and they might, they might straighten up. Oh, dear. Okay? So a lot of people think that, oh, this is just a panic attack, anxiety. But what I find is that um, for this subgroup of patients, when I do tests, they actually have asthma because, you see, you need a trigger. Yeah, they may have over-breathed. Right. But the initial trigger of this breathlessness, they, they, they feel it. I don't know, why would you suddenly go into panic? I mean, okay, there'll be, a, there'll be panic panic attacks, but there'll be this what we call hyperventilation. So mm. you will have, you feel something first, you overbreathe, uh, that's when everything starts to happen. So that's hyperventilation, which is a subset of panic attacks. Now, panic attacks can have other triggers, like for example, if you have some anxiety over certain things or yeah. certain phobias, uh, yes, that can trigger. So mm. that's a panic attack. But while we're talking about the breathing part, uh, that's right. hyperventilation. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, thank you, doctor, for joining us this morning. It's been it's been great speaking to you. It's, it's been, been very, very informative. Okay. Very informative. And once again, anyone who's having difficulty breathing or whatever, go look uh, for Dr. Alvin Ng, okay? He is at Parkway East Hospital. Thank you so much, thank doctor. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. The Big Show. Starring Glenn, Angel, FD, and Sean. Weekday mornings from 6 on 1FM 91.3. 3.